Welcome to this episode of the Texas Tech edition of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jackson Moody, as Texas Tech upset or not upsets, beats Oklahoma State at home 90 to 73, overcoming an early nine-point deficit in this one. Really a lot of crazy results around the Big 12 during this week. We'll talk about that as well as preview this entire weekend's worth of action around the Big 12, especially when it comes to Texas Tech against Kansas State, two of the last unbeaten teams in Big 12 play squaring off in Lubbock on Saturday. We'll start this one off by talking about Texas Tech's game against Oklahoma State. I got to say, early on in the season, really, we did start to see that Texas Tech, especially down in the battle for Atlantis, especially against Butler, could play with pace on the offensive end, which is something that we didn't quite expect. Grant McCaslin, typically one of the slowest moving offenses in the country. His teams are North Texas, really was that for the most part of his tenure there. But boy, 90 to 73, and it was really efficient shooting. I mean, you shot 35 of 59 from the field, 59.3%, over 50% from three. You're, you were 7 of 13. You've now made 14 of your 28 threes in conference play. You're shooting the three at 50%. Now, we don't expect that to continue at that rate, but they are finding good ways to get good looks in the in these games and the free throw stripe again 13 of 17 from the free throw stripe above fifth or above 75 percent which is something you'll take uh pop isaacs going off again man he has been on fire uh i think the turning point he had a really bad game against michigan but ever since then it started with the butler game he uh came in averaging i believe 17.1 points per game since that Michigan game, a little bit over that, it, it has skyrocketed once we got to conference play. He finishes with 24 on just 17 shots, 9 of 17 from the field, 4 of 8 from 3. Warren Washington also being very consistent for you. He got he was 7 of 10 from the field, got another 16 points, hit both his free throws. Kerwin Walton as well, he scored nothing in Austin. Well, he was hot today, 2 of 2 from 3, 7 of 8 overall, 16 points. He found his hot streak. I said, look, I don't think it's anything to remove him from the starting lineup when he got no points against Texas. But, boy, 33 minutes. I don't know if I quite expected 33 minutes out of him today. Um, Darian Williams also getting 33 minutes. He was 6 of 12. He had 14 points on the day. And Joe Toussaint, 3 of 9 with 13 points. Really uh, you held Javon Small. He he is the best player on Oklahoma State, or the most exciting player. He was the one that carried them against Baylor. And for the most part today, you held him in check. He only got 15 points. He had to take 13 shots. He was only 2 of 7 from 3. I mean, your best player, or their best player, you had three guys outscore him. Uh, when we talk about the bench, Chance McMillan going over 20 minutes again. He was very efficient. Not much scoring in his 24 minutes. Two of two from the field. One for one for three for five points. Robert Jennings also made his only shot that he took today in seven minutes. Lamar Washington didn't take a single shot in seven minutes of play today. But uh, also, one notable thing, Warren Washington still just two fouls, which is so important for Texas Tech when you have just one big. Um it was impressive to see this team get punched in the mouth early and then just come come out and have a nine-point lead at halftime. 
because it looked pretty ugly early. Then the second half, you really put this a game away with about 12 minutes to go. Um, this is one of your easiest games. This is probably the easiest game on your schedule. You still have to go to Oklahoma State, which obviously is going to be tougher than playing them in Lubbock. Uh, you still have to go to Morgantown, which I think Oklahoma State is better than West Virginia, but Morgantown's still a tough place to play. And UCF, as we saw, I called it last week that I thought this could be a huge week for them if they want to be in the NCAA tournament conversation. They dropped the ball in a big way against Kansas State, who we'll be talking about later. But boy, if you saw them beat Kansas this week, uh, I may not have been completely off with UCF not being one of the worst three teams in this conference, and you have to face them twice. All right, but that's going to do it with talking about Oklahoma State. So let's just take a look around the Big 12, and we'll go ahead and hold off on Kansas State until uh, we get to the preview. Um, Texas beating Cincinnati on the road. Max Aismas, man, if there is one guy from Texas that has just completely saved them this season, it is Max Aismas. He had the big bucket against Cincinnati at the end of the game to seal this one off, which, by the way, it was a travel, but they caught a break, and Aismas again hit a great shot. He also hit a huge shot against Louisville where they were about to lose that game until he hit his miracle shot to save them from an abject disaster there. Uh, Houston, number two in the nation, going to Ames. Iowa State really needed this one after dropping one at OU. They hadn't, they had played a really soft non-conference schedule. Uh, they punched Houston in the mouth. It was like 14-0 in the first four minutes of that game. Four-point win for Houston. Mom Silovich, probably Mom Silovic since he's from Wisconsin. Not sure if he goes with the Christian Pulisic Americanized version of that C. But that fadeaway holy cow and Houston gets at after you defensively and you saw that again I do wonder if their lack of scoring is going to hurt them in Big 12 play uh Baylor beats BYU 81-72 I didn't think BYU looked as bad as they did um in Provo and that stadium in Baylor which by the way if you try to watch that game uh, holy cow, you can only see the tops of the players' heads. They designed that stadium in the worst way possible for TV, but it add up really well for Baylor. Uh, they beat BYU 81-72. BYU, we'll talk about them a bit this weekend. They are looking like they could be on the brinks. That's a team that you only play once. You play them in Lubbock, though. And then UCF beating Kansas. Man, I, I got to say, I was kind of concerned about this Kansas team coming in. Look, you have McCore, you have Dickinson, you have KJ Adams, you have Dewan Harris, and then after that, you're searching for answers. You know, El Marco Jackson's getting a lot of time. John Furphy, he's a freshman. He quite he isn't quite there. Um, Timberlake doesn't seem like the the great shooter that he was. And then you have Parker Brown, who I I don't know. I, Kansas is searching for a lot of answers at depth, and Hunter Dickinson was just mediocre in this game, and 12 points for Hunter Dickinson against UCF. Hey, he was just mediocre, and he's kind of a liability defensively. Um, I'm not sure that this Kansas team is going to be in the top two of the conference come the end of the year just because of their lack of depth. And by the way, if you look at T-Rank, you're right now 3.4 point favorites against Kansas at home. Now you're massive underdogs to Houston, 
But against Kansas at home, T-Rank has you favored in that matchup. Uh, the only other game, and by the way, uh, Jalen Sellers, again, he's going to be a fun player to watch. He had 18 points, 7 of 11 from the field, 4 of 7 from 3. He was really efficient. Him and Johnson there, Darius Johnson, those two guards, that could be a fun backcourt to watch. I don't think UCF's going to get to the NCAA tournament, but it wouldn't shock me with that home court advantage to see them talked about as a tournament team a little bit towards the end of the year. Oklahoma, number nine in the country. They're officially on fraud alert. They were living off that USC win for a while. They lose 80-71 to in Fort Worth. TCU proven they are a really good team. OU obviously beat Iowa State before this, so they're not bad. But, man, this TCU team, eh, that, that could be a tough two matchups for Texas Tech. And right now, I know Lindardi has them at next four out. This TCU team's a tournament team, without a doubt. But... Let's go ahead and take a look at this game against Kansas State. Um, so Kansas State went to West Virginia. They obviously smacked UCF up and down the court at home. They go to Morgantown. They were struggling in this one, uh, I believe, at halftime. They were actually trailing in this one. Yeah, they were down by two. Um, Tyler Perry, man, he was a guy that was a hot commodity, especially after that NIT run. We didn't get him. I, I don't think that he would have. I, I think Pop would have left if we got him. He went one for eight, one for six from three. He has just not been on fire for them. Uh, Will McNair has kind of been the guy that replaced uh, Naquan Tomlin in that lineup. He was efficient, five of five from the field. He got 12 points. He's getting 28 minutes. Kaluma, Kaluma's hit or miss for this Kansas State team. He, he had a good game against West Virginia, 6 of 9 from the field with 17 points. Then you have Nguyen and Carter doing their thing. But one thing that is going to be very important for Texas Tech in this matchup against Kansas State is rebounding. And this isn't anything new. Um, Kansas State got 9 rebounds, just gave up 4 to West Virginia on Tuesday while against Oklahoma State. You got five offensive rebounds, gave up six or seven to Oklahoma State. And this isn't anything that's a surprise with the lack of the depth in the front court. You do expect Texas Tech to struggle in the rebounding department, but it's about keeping it manageable. And you only turn the ball over four times in this game to Oklahoma State. You have four states, so you ended up. If you're counting second chances or if you're combining turnovers and offensive rebounds, you're really plus two. That's going to be the key for Texas Tech is going to be winning the turnover battle by more than you lose the offensive rebound battle. And now Kansas State, part of the reason they're getting so many offensive boards is because they're missing so many shots. I mean, this is not a great shooting team. They don't have a great front court right now. Um, they turned the ball over 13 times against West Virginia. This is a vulnerable Kansas State team, but they can absolutely dominate you on the glass. Just some names to watch or some matchups to watch. Um, Will McNair has been a player that has come on, on strong, and he's kind of saved their season in the same way Kerwin Walton has saved ours. Obviously, they had the Naquan Tomlin situation, who they expected to have. William McNair has stepped up in a big way. He's getting over 21 minutes a game, shooting over 60% from the field. Um, 
he's getting over 1.5 offensive boards game. He's giving, getting over three on the defensive end every game. Um, Jarrell Colbert, he's a guy that's going to come off their bench. He, he uh, I believe it was USC. They were the first college basketball game I really watched this season, uh, that opening night game against USC. He's shooting over 50%. He could... He's a young player who could get limited minutes and could do some good things for them. Cameron Carter shooting under 40% this season. Tyler Perry. I mean, if there's one guy that this team, that you thought that Kansas State could rely on, it was going to be Tyler Perry coming in. That It has not fit so far. He's shooting under 35% on the season, um, under 43% from two. And from three, he's shooting under 36%. He he just has not had it. Or, sorry, under 33% from three. He has just not had it this season. I think the key to this game for Texas Tech is limiting the damage on the boards. Uh, obviously, I, I expect Kansas State to out-rebound you. And they even said it on the broadcast. I believe that was the Oklahoma State crew. Or that's what it sounded like, at least. But they say on the broadcast that McCaslin said he knows they're not where they want to be rebounding the ball yet. And, I mean, look, in future seasons, I hope that we're a much better rebounding team. But with the size on this team, you have one guy that is 6'8 or taller in Warren Washington. And then you have Robert Jennings, who's 6'7. And they're just switching out in that center spot. I do. I, that's just one of the things that comes with this team. Is there not going to be a great rebounding team? But I'm sure that's going to be a huge em- emphasis in practice this week or has been. And I think, I think it should start to look better. They know that Kansas State's one of the top 20 teams in rebounding in the country. Texas Tech, obviously, nowhere close to that at the moment. But I, I think that is something that you could work on in the week to limit your damage on. And I think that's going to be the main emphasis. Um, but overall, I mean, look, again, you're probably going to be in a disadvantage in the front court. But in the back court, you have a clear advantage with Pop Isaacs and Joe Toussaint. Um, it's really cool seeing these two guys play off of each other. You know, neither Joe Toussaint's normally the ball dominant one, but you're not blinking if if you see Pop Isaacs taking the ball up the court. And I think, by the way, Pop Isaacs, he struggled early this season. He has made a huge leap so far from year one to year two. Year one last year, he was, I, I said this before, he was a little bit inefficient last year. He was sometimes inefficient and looked like he was doing that earlier this year. And he's getting good shots. He's playing the shooting guard role. I know he probably wants to be playing point guard. But he's bought into the shooting guard role and has really excelled at it. I think Texas Tech wins this game. I don't think it's a runaway game where you win by double digits again. I think it's more of a six, seven point game for Texas Tech here um, that you pull away in the last minute, last two minutes. And feel pretty comfortable by the time this one wraps up. And just looking at what's at stake for both teams, obviously there's only three teams left undefeated in the Big 12 in Baylor, Kansas State, and Texas Tech all sitting at 2-0. Uh, we'll talk about the other games in the Big 12 this Saturday. But Kansas State right now is sitting on the next four out. They're in the 50s. And most analytics site, they're not really getting much respect, and and they don't quite deserve it yet. They don't. They played the two two of the worst four teams in the Big Twelve. Uh, the better one of those, they played at home. They played the worst team in the Big Twelve on the road, and they were down at halftime. But 
a win here for Kansas State could launch them straight into the tournament field. And when you're talking about Texas Tech, I still think nine, win gets, nine wins gets you into the tournament. It's a tough stretch coming up for Texas Tech. Uh, you really want to start this one 3-0 because you have a game against Houston, which if you go off the analytics side, you are like 15-point dogs in that one less than a 10% chance to win. You get BYU at a home, which could be a reprieve. And then this is one thing. If you remember, we normally always had the Big 12 SEC Challenge. So you would start on a Saturday, finish on a Saturday, then you have one, one slot that's for the Big 12 SEC Challenge. That has changed this year. So after you host BYU, you have one midweek off a season. Every team has that. You play at OU after your midweek off. In that midweek, OU takes on Texas. They're arch rivals. When you look at the flip end, okay, so we get one team who's playing in the midweek after we have the midweek off. You play UCF on February 10th, on Saturday. Baylor, or sorry, UCF has that midweek off. And you go to Baylor that Tuesday. I think that schedule actually works out well for Texas Tech. If you want that in any spot, you probably want UCF coming into your place. Now, you'd rather West Virginia or Oklahoma State coming into your place but I think having that many days off in between that, you're going to be a little bit more tired than they are. But I think that's the matchup you like. And I think especially going to OU, which isn't that tough of a place to play. Let's be real about this. After they play Texas, boy, I think that this schedule works out well for you. Uh, but just looking around the Big 12, uh, the first game is going to be at 1 p.m. when OU goes to Lawrence. I see Kansas bouncing back in that one. I know OU's not a bad team, but these were two of the top three teams in the national polls coming into Big 12 play, boasting at 1-1. One one. one of these teams is going to 1-2. and two. You have a couple games at 3 p.m., obviously Kansas State at Texas Tech, but also on ESPN Plus is BYU at UCF. That's a massive one. UCF's feeling hot. They're probably going to have a good fan base there, and BYU Kind of in desperation mode because if you take a look at BYU's schedule, obviously they come to Lubbock at some point. But when you look at what they got after they go to UCF, they get Iowa State at home, they go to Lubbock, they play Houston at home, and Texas at home. This feels like a must win for BYU. I like BYU getting this one, eking it out. I think it's going to be a close game throughout, though. And then you got three games at 5 p.m. Houston at TCU. Uh, I think Houston bounces back. I think their defense is just too good to let this happen again. I think the scoring's going to come, and their defense is going to be able to get after TCU. Texas goes to West Virginia. Texas should win that one. DSU had 33 points in their win over Cincinnati. He's fully back for the for them. And then Oklahoma State goes to Hilton at five on ESPN two, which I gotta say, man. There's some games I would have rather have on national TV, like OU at Kansas over Oklahoma State at Iowa State, but oh, Iowa State should take care of business there. Cincinnati, Cincinnati going to Baylor. Baylor's a team I'm not quite sold on yet. I could see Cincinnati pulling this upset here. It's 7 p.m. on ESPN. Uh, if there's one pick for me for an upset, Cincinnati needs this one pretty badly. 
I think Cincinnati wins this. I think the winner of Texas Tech, Kansas State, is the last unbeaten in the Big 12. But that's going to do it for this one. We'll be back on Monday. We'll record on Sunday night. Be back on Monday uh, recapping all the games from this past weekend and a preview of Texas Tech versus Houston.